0: Hey everybody, it's Greg here for the Photocrack podcast. Photocrack brings you tips, tricks, tutorials, news, reviews and courses on everything photography related and helps put the fun back into your photography. Hey everybody, today I wanted to talk a little bit about product photography. I'm a product photographer and I shoot a whole range of different stuff, everything from really high-end jewellery to industrial components, medical device components, fashion, a huge range of stuff and I started doing product photography workshops recently where people come in with their equipment it's a one-on-one workshop it takes place over the course of a day and with people's own equipment I teach them how to take really consistent beautiful pictures for their e-commerce websites and blogs and that kind of thing of their own products so it's been going really well so far I've had a lot of people in and it's amazing you're able to get really really good results over the course of one day and basically what we're doing is we're just kind of putting together a recipe for their products with their equipment that works really well every time now there's a couple of things a couple of kind of small mistakes that I've noticed people have been making but it's almost everybody who's come in to do these workshops is making these same mistakes and I just thought to myself if such a high percentage of people coming in are doing this well it probably stands to reason that a lot of people in general are doing this and making the same mistakes so I thought let's Do a bit of a podcast and just discuss these things and hopefully they'll help out people in the long run with their product photography. So the first thing that I want to discuss in product photography is equipment. I have had a huge variety of equipment brought into me in the studio belonging to different people and I have to say the one thing that struck me is the amount of money people have spent on their equipment is crazy people are buying really high-end camera equipment really expensive dslr bodies i had somebody recently bring in a really expensive dslr body and suggested to me that they thought they might need to upgrade because they didn't think their camera could do a high-res image now the thing about product photography is you don't need a big dslr body you don't need a fancy lens you don't need any specialist camera equipment for 95 percent of product photography now, if you're doing jewelry, you'll probably want the macro lens, but if you're doing jewelry, I would recommend that unless you're really competent with your product photography, and you're already doing a good job, leave it to a product photography specialist because they will make your jewelry look the best it can. And that's really important, obviously, if you're doing sales and stuff like that. But for anybody else, really, your product photography can be done with a point and shoot camera, pick bridge camera, pretty much any DSLR that's ever been made and a basic kit lens the only requirements that i would suggest that you have for your product photography is that your camera can shoot in fully manual mode and can also do a custom white balance so what you don't need is to go out and spend 1200 or 1300 or 1400 euros or dollars on a camera body and you know a crazy amount of lenses what you can do is you can go and get a second hand dslr body and kit lens that's a couple of years old and you can get them for maybe about 130, 140 euros from your local camera retailer who's been taking these in on trade-ins, probably has a couple of these bodies sitting on a shelf. Last couple of years, gathering Dusty wants to get rid of them. They've seen very little use. They are perfect for product photography. Remember, your images when you go online are going to be not really super high resolution images. Now, shoot full resolution, and that's the best way to shoot, but realistically, you don't want huge images on your website or blog because they're gonna slow everything down. So, you know, you could be working off a thousand by a thousand pixels, or 1500 pixels on your longest dimension, and a JPEG that's saved at a quality of maybe eight or nine, and it looks perfect online, but it's only a couple of hundred kilobytes in size, so your website's gonna run really quickly. So, you can see now there's no reason to have a huge camera body that's capable of achieving these massive file sizes, because you're gonna end up throwing away most of that information anyway. So, basic 18 to 55 millimeter lens is great because it'll shoot a huge variety of images but also when you're doing your product photography there's a couple of settings that you're going to want to have on your camera and these aren't demanding at all on most camera systems whatsoever so you're going to want to shoot at a lowest ISO that your cameras capable of shooting at but you don't need to spend money on getting one that shoots at ISO 25 or 50 if your camera shoots at ISO 100 or 200 that's perfect 300 400 if that's what it shoots at, so be it, that is perfect. It's going to give you really nice, clean, sharp images. So what you're going to want to do then is shoot at an aperture of about maybe f16, f18 because that's going to give you a nice depth of field in your pictures and that means then you're going to be able to see more of your product really nice and clean and crisp and sharp. Nearly all of your lenses will be capable of shooting at f16, f18, something in that region. So you're not looking at a specialist lens and you're not looking at a specialist camera body. So don't go spending over the odds on equipment you don't need because it won't take a better product photography picture for you now if you're shooting billboards by all means go out and get a huge medium format camera but you're not you're shooting small pictures for a website so spend only a small amount of money get the equipment that will do the job and use it correctly i mentioned a custom white balance now that is one thing that i think that anybody who's doing e-commerce should be doing with their images it's a really simple process. You can use something like an Expo disc and hold it in front of your lens and create a custom white balance. Some cameras will do a custom white balance for you by just taking pictures of you know, something that is white under the lighting conditions or taking three images and they'll get an average of those and it'll create a white balance for you, but it's not a difficult process to do, but what it will do is it'll give you really accurate colors on your products so that when people buy them off your website, they're most likely getting the product that they see on their computer screens. Now, you can't account for everybody's computer screen, but you need to put yourself in the best possible position and make sure you don't get returns on your sales from products reaching your customers and being the wrong color. So that's really important. But the thing is you can do that on almost any camera these days. So cheap, inexpensive DSLR camera body secondhand with a kit lens will get you nearly every product shot that you can think of. Another area that I'm seeing people spend far too much money on is their tripods. You don't need crazy expensive tripods. You don't need a 300 euro tripod. I wouldn't spend more than kind of 30 or 40 euros on a tripod because hopefully you're getting a camera that's not huge. It's a small camera. It's inexpensive. It doesn't have a heavy lens on it. You're going to be in a studio. You're not going to be in the wind. You're not going to be out on rough terrain. You don't need to hang weights off to keep it in the one spot. You need just a nice little tripod that's going to get you the height you need and keep your camera kind of locked down in place. Now, I would recommend, don't spend any more than $40, 40 euros on a tripod because you'll get one within that price range that is gonna do the job just fine. Now, I've seen such expensive studio lighting systems coming into the studio, and it's it's frightening how much money is being spent on these, particularly because the people that were spending money on them can't use them to get better pictures, they're not able to use them to their fullest potential, but they're also just not required full stop for what these people are shooting. So, if you're looking at getting a studio lighting system, I'd recommend just get yourself a cheap, inexpensive, continuous lighting kit. They're great, you can use Live View, you can see what's going on, you don't have to worry so much about your flash sync settings. You know, you don't need to worry about really expensive bulbs, they just work off cheap inexpensive incandescent light bulbs if you get them daylight grand if you get them whatever light it doesn't really matter because you should be doing a custom white balance at the very least and that's gonna fix it for whatever your light source is and it's gonna make sure you've got the right colors but realistically just an inexpensive continuous lighting kit will do pretty much all of the product photography that you can imagine and the thing is it's much much cheaper than most flash systems you know the bulbs are user replaceable it's really nice and easy to use but the thing is, you don't need three, four, five of these to get really great shots. In fact, what I'd recommend to most people is get one continuous light, one big soft box to go with it, and that'll have the effect of kind of wrapping around the product, especially if you're shooting any kind of smaller products, tabletop things, it's going to give you a really nice soft light all around the product, and you don't even need a second light then if you use a reflector, you can just bounce some light in and fill in the shadows. So you don't need to buy three, four, or five lights because everybody coming in on these workshops, it's amazing, is using three and four and five lights to light you know, products that can be lit really easily, but one light and a reflector. Some products don't even need a second light. They just need one light. And it's just adding confusion in. It's adding in more elements that can go wrong. And I mean, I saw one person they set up There are three lights recently, but the thing was, the lights weren't communicating with each other. So only one light was actually going off, and it turned out this had been the case for weeks. And they didn't realize because the modeling lights were on. Now, it was an easy mistake to make, but the thing was, it turned out that those other two lights were just completely irrelevant. They were just getting in the way and making things more difficult. We got rid of the two lights, we continued to do the workshop with just one light, and it turned out every product that person was shooting needed only one light and a little bit of bounced light coming in from a reflector and the reflector doesn't even need to be an expensive photography reflector you know any of the pop-up ones i use large sheets of white foam board they are brilliant they're so handy if you need to pin things to them if you need to cut them up or or whatever they're great pieces of kit i'd recommend a couple of large sheets of foam board and one nice big soft box on a continuous lighting kit super inexpensive way to do it and you know you're going to be able to achieve really really great results so that's the first area I want to talk about is equipment. Just don't go overboard because if you're not getting good good shots, the chances are getting a better camera system, better lights, better whatever, isn't gonna improve your shots. It's just going to cost you money. So use the equipment that you have. And, and I always say that to people with photography, use the equipment you have and learn how to use it to the best of your abilities before you move on and get something else. So that's the equipment. The second area that I would like to discuss is white backgrounds now most people coming into the studios are trying to shoot to achieve a white background and ultimately they want their product on a white background a lot of e-commerce kind of people coming in and they need these white backgrounds on their websites but the problem is they're focusing all their efforts on shooting a white background in the studio on the product shot and they're actually focusing less on the product itself now as a product photographer I tend to put all my energy and focus into lighting the product because you know my client doesn't sell backgrounds they sell products and that's where i focus my attention and i make the product look as good as possible what i do then is i go in and i'll clip the product off the background and i'll put it onto a new background so lighting the background in any way shape or form is a waste of my time all i need to do is be able to see the distinction between the product and the background as long as the product is lit correctly i'm happy clip it out And the thing is, if you don't want to clip it out, you know, you're not proficient in Photoshop, and chances are you should probably, if you're doing e commerce, you should probably be outsourcing this stuff anyway because it's so time consuming that unless it's your full time job, it's probably not worth your while doing. There's some really inexpensive, really good clipping path services, and you can set up your custom profiles and they'll just have everything done for you. And they're, you know, they're relatively inexpensive. So I would recommend to people don't focus on getting the background white in the shot focus on the product use your histogram make sure that the product isn't overexposed anywhere and just focus all your effort on making that product look as good as possible and then send it off to be clipped out now if you want to clip it out that's no problem i would always recommend use a pen tool you'll get a much better clipping path around it and if you use things like the eraser or a white brush around the edge of the product it won't look good it looks terrible and it really stands out and to get the most you can out of these images you want to make them as usable as possible and people aren't going to appreciate a really badly cut out image and it will stand out on a website if you've missed a part of the image if you're painting over it with a brush or if you're erasing it to make a white background you need to make sure that all of the background is completely white that's why i always make sure that i take the product and place it onto a new white background so that's what I would recommend in terms of you know lighting. Light the product, not the background. So you forget about the white background for now. Let somebody else take care of that or else take care of that afterwards. But don't spend time during the shoot and after the shoot trying to create a white background. So save yourself a lot of time. And that is actually the third element that I wanna talk about. It's time. How much time are people willing to spend on product images? It's crazy. I was talking to one person, she was a jeweler, and she spent a full week Making one cut out product image before she went crazy and decided, No, I need to get this done professionally. Now, that's madness because she wasn't fulfilling orders, she wasn't creating pieces, coming up with designs for next season collection. She was doing one cut out image. Now, she denied herself a whole week's worth of work to do that. And I know what it's like when you're trying to do something and you want to get it right, but realistically, you need to sit down when you're doing your product images and time how long is each one of these images taking me? Because if you time that, and it turns out it's taken quite a long time, you need to look at what else you could be doing with that time and see if it's worth more money than the cost of product photography. Because the thing is, if you are spending more time and losing out on money, which equates to more than what it would have cost to get your product photography shot, particularly in the case of that jeweler, she would have been much better off sending that out to a product photographer who could have achieved a really good result for her at a fraction of the cost of what that week ultimately cost her by not being involved in their own business so your product photography should not be to the detriment of your business and you know you need to be taking good images and good images do take a bit of time so don't spend too much time on these if you're finding that it's eating into the rest of your business and what you should be doing it's affecting your business negatively, you should probably look at outsourcing your photography. Now, your budget may not allow for it, but the thing is, you need to make sure that if that's the case, that you're moving through the products and achieving a result quickly enough so you're not wasting time that you should be spending on marketing, sales, business development, all that kind of stuff. Your business has a lot of other areas that you need to focus on as well, so don't spend too much time on your product photography. There is a point where you have to be able to say, that will do, because... If you're searching for perfection and it's not what you do for a living, if you don't do this kind of day in, day out, and it's not what you're specialized in, you're gonna spend so much time and you're not gonna be able to, you know, focus on the other area of your business that you need to. So don't spend too much time on your product photography. So there are the three main areas that I feel after doing the product photography shops for a couple of weeks that people should kind of look at either before they go about doing their own product photography or if you're doing your own product photography, you know, again, Just make sure that you're not spending too much time and you're not wasting time trying to shoot a white background. Look into Clipping pad Services, there's a lot of them out there who do really good results. So hopefully these tips are gonna help you with your own product photography. If you are gonna go about product photography yourself, and you're looking for some advice on you know what equipment to use that kind of thing i'm going to do a blog post on photocrack that's www.photocrack.com slash blog have a look at that i'm going to be putting up a blog post soon with product photography equipment recommendations and i'll put some links in there with some you know really nice pieces of kit that are really inexpensive because you can do really good product photography on a shoestring you really can and you know you have better things to be spending your money on than kit that's only for product shots. And if you already have camera equipment, you're probably laughing with that. You don't need to go out and buy tons of really expensive new equipment, so don't worry about it. So have a look at the blog, and I'm always putting up posts on Facebook. I'll be putting stuff up on Instagram as well, so have a look at PhotoCrack there. And feel free to subscribe and let me know what you think. Hopefully, this is after helping to some degree with your product photography. If so, leave a comment and let us know. So this has been Greg. The Photo Crack podcast on product photography. Have a great day, everybody. Take care. Bye bye.